Welcome to WVU Marketing Horizons, hosted by Ruth Stevens and Cindy Greenhouse. We are grateful to WVU, who offers renowned online master's degree programs in marketing communications. And this series is presented by the Reed College of Media as part of their ongoing marketing series. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Ruth. You you know, you and I are so fortunate to know Andy Crestodina, um, who, as we know, is a top-rated content marketing speaker, a keynote, and an author, and a founder of Orbit Media. He's got a great blog. He's published uh, all kinds of practical and straightforward um, tips in his books on how to demystify tough content marketing, uh, search engine search engine optimization analytic topics. Um, And, you know, we've all been overwhelmed with what's going on with uh, online advertising overload and um, our websites are having to work harder than ever with website optimization. And so, you know, you and I have talked about what do we do about websites um, over the horizon. And, and so I think we're so fortunate that Andy was willing to join us today and talk about some of the insights on the future role of SEO and search um, as it relates mostly to content marketing and websites. So shall we invite Andy into yes, our chat? indeed. Welcome, Andy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here and excited for this conversation. Great. Well, both Cindy and I are avid readers of your blog and your books. And I always find you have so many practical tips that Mm. I know our listeners are going to benefit so much. But just to kick things off in a more broad manner, why don't you give us your views on content marketing as a whole? You know, mm. What is it? Why is it important? And how, how should marketers be thinking about their websites mm. from a content perspective in, a, in general terms? One of the easiest ways to understand content marketing is just contrasting it with advertising. Every ad you have ever seen or been exposed to is basically interruption. It was distracting you while you were trying to do something else. Every billboard, every cold call, every banner ad, every spam email, every piece of, you know, a lot of advertising is really just push marketing. Content is what people look for, what they want, what they share, what they search for, what they subscribe to. So one easy way to think about it is just go look at your browsing history and and you will, it will immediately show you that content marketing is still relevant because what are you reading? What are you learning? Where do you go for information? Now, what are what is your network, uh, uh, you know, uh, collab, you know, showing to you in their streams? So it is still extremely relevant. It's extremely powerful. It has not. It's not going anywhere. Another way to think of it is, why would anyone visit your website if you don't have content marketing? Then there really isn't anything there except the promotional parts of your site, which means that you're missing out on a huge audience. Right. right. You're, if you have an ad focus to your website, you're, you're sub-optimized. Yeah, so with, share your expertise, be generous, uh, help somebody. <laughs> it's fun. Right. You know, when we look at um, website and website traffic, we've usually bifurcated it into a paid search and, and, you know, organic search, right. SEO mm-hmm. being how we get, Uh, the best people to come to our website because we have given them something of interest. A paid search, right, is more like the advertising. Mm -hmm. So um, with 
how do you see search engine optimization and web search having evolved with all of the um, ad fraud that's going on and with all mm-hmm. the noise that we see in, in the space these days? Well, one of the big evolutions in search is not ranking algorithms. It's not changes to how high you rank in search. It's changes to the things that appear in search results pages. Uh, SEOs call these SERPs, search engine results pages. So the SERPs are now more filled with images, with videos, with questions and answers, with knowledge boxes, and you know, and and of course ads. The the separation between ads and the organic listings has gotten a bit more subtle over the years. Uh, it used to be a kind of a yellow box behind the ads. And that went away and it was a green icon. And then that has gone away and it's become a little black, just two little letters add. So they're sort of disguised a bit a bit more. Um, and Google search results just have so much other stuff in them uh, from the maps to the videos, to the images, as I said. So unfortunately, Cindy, the click-through rate from Google to websites is on the decline. Google search is not getting easier for the organic SEO marketer. Uh, but that doesn't mean that there aren't millions of great keyword opportunities, huge opportunities to share your expertise, uh, lots of things that, uh, you know, phrases for which there's not that much competition. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, if our, our traffic is down over years past, but it's still north of a million visitors a year that we, an audience we built just by publishing, you know, keyword focused, but helpful, useful articles describing best practices for all kinds of marketing channels. That's encouraging, isn't it? Because I think an ordinary marketing mortal would find keeping up with the changes in Google's algorithms and the, mm-hmm. the, the massive detail involved in keeping your website fresh and modern and helpful just is overwhelming and almost impossible. Of course, if they hire a fabulous agency like yourself, that's one solution. <laughs> but one hopes. What, <laughs> right. But what, what really should a, a website owner, uh, publisher, really, mm. what are a couple of things that ordinary marketing mortals could really do to pump things up and get better mm. results from their websites? Well, a lot of key phrases are people looking for answers and they land on articles and blog posts and content marketing. Other key phrases we search for are more commercial intent phrases where the person knows they need a service or a product and they land on product and service pages. But the the third category for keyword intent is the navigational query. The person who is already brand aware. So this is going to sound, I hope it doesn't sound trite, but go Google yourself, Google your brand. That is like your other homepage. What's showing up in Google search results for your brand name? Are there reputation issues? Uh, is Google pushing people? They're called site links to, to deep interior pages. How do those pages look? Uh, is, it, is, it, um, uh, is it obvious sort of where you are, what you do? Uh, so I think that anybody can immediately get better results from digital just by doing basic brand reputation management, Googling themselves and polishing those pages uh, that are the most visible, uh, it's, does, it costs nothing. <laughs> and the results can be very big because that person is already sort of looking for you. Uh, it's, a, it's the phrase for which you have the right to rank. Right to so, rank. That's quite mm-hmm. poetic and memorable. <laughs> I love it. I wasn't the first to say that. 
<laughs> but we'll let you claim it. There you go. The right to rank. So Andy, why do you think that um, results and metrics are down? What do you think has contributed to this kind of decrease in overall search results? Well, it, I've given the advice for years to increase engagement on your articles by making them more visual, by giving people more opportunities to click, by making them longer and deeper and more detailed. Those are exactly the things that Google has done to make google.com more engaging for their visitors. <laughs> so yeah. the, the, the best practice, it's, it's funny, right? It's like actually super obvious and it's just simple visitor psychology, but best practices for engaging with people is to make the page they land on, you know, fill it with images and fill it with detail and make it long and give people lots of things to, in, to interact with. You can do that on, your, on every blog post you create. And that is precisely what Google is doing to search results. So when... I have, I, I'm a collector of screenshots of Google search results, and I, I can go back years and can show you how these pages have evolved for, give, for, any, for a, a given key phrase. I did one for, um, it was like six years ago, if you searched for modern wedding dress, the page had 10 blue links and four pictures. Today, if you search Google for modern wedding dress, it looks like you opened a bridal catalog. Like it's, yeah. 50, I, I counted 54 pictures on that one search results page. So yeah, you might rank number one, then and now, but ranking number one then, you want a lot more traffic. Ranking number one now, you are competing <laughs> in a visually noisy environment uh, where there are many, many opportunities to, for the visitor to engage uh, with many different things, many of which are Google products and Google ads. You're, it's going to send you to YouTube, Google images and Google and, you know, and the ads. But um, I don't want this to sound discouraging. It, I am not discouraged by this. It's simply like a change in the weather for a farmer, just live within it, adapt, target more key phrases, diversify your content, publish videos. I, okay. I'm getting great results. Just, you know, Hey, if Google's going to show people videos, I can do that. Publish videos. I'm getting, you know, huge engagement on a YouTube channel that I didn't have three years ago, just because I watched this trend and adapted. Well, that's encouraging. And something that someone with a medium sized marketing budget could probably afford are there any cool things coming down the pike that you could give us an early beat on? I'm sure um, our listeners would be thrilled. Well, this is uh, not a new idea, but it is persistent that what tends to work uh, has a lot to do with uh, the really, <laughs> uh, I wonder how this will strike you. I I'd love to hear Ruth and Cindy, if you agree, <laughs> this is so old school networking, relationships, get to know people because what works for you, the opportunities you'll have in marketing two years from now have a lot to do with who you're talking to today, where you're uh, investing your time, uh, you know, just basically showing gratitude. You know, if you want to be, if you want to appear in front of your target audience by getting a great press hit and a featured story in a trade publication next year, you need to be building the relationship with the editor this year. So what first step in networking, go polish your LinkedIn profile, make it shine. It should sparkle. It should be filled with, you know, recommendations and endorsements and detail, uh, even keywords, you know, photos and images, as we just said, are engaging. That works on LinkedIn profiles, just as it does on blog posts, as it does on LinkedIn, on Google. But uh, yeah, I think that what is coming in the future, no matter what it is, uh, uh, it will be a variation on influencer marketing 
and it will benefit the people who took the time to invest in people uh, today. Mm, I love that because we are, we are as individual professionals, we all know that we are our own personal brands. Mm -hmm. Our companies are their own brands Yep. and it's our responsibility to build that brand from with a, a planning horizon. Mm-hmm. And I love your idea of planning now for a year from now when that will pay off. That's really good advice, Cindy. Let's, let's build, build that message into our various classroom content material. So it's, it's, students need that. Professionals need that. And marketing departments need that or CMOs. It's so important. It's a little bit late. You know, if you say, oh, well, you know, the best thing for us would be to, um, you know, be relevant to be mentioned by this person on their YouTube channel or to appear in this podcast or to get into that magazine or to appear on this blog. Uh, If knowing that that is going to be effective and important to you later, uh, think ahead and start engaging with those people now. Influ- or, so influencer marketing like search has two channels. There's organic and paid. Yeah. Uh, paid influencer marketing is like basically advertising. You're paying someone to mention your product or service. But organic influencer marketing is really just collaboration. And it comes from like we're doing now. Yeah. Spend time with friends. <laughs> Share good advice. Make something together. Collaborate, right? Like help people with introductions. Uh, you know, show yeah. gratitude. Write a handwritten thank you note now and then. That works really well. So I just, I just think that people, um, it will, it's an evergreen tactic. It will always make a difference. It's, it's, uh, it's important. It's rewarding. And it, and it leads towards something that goes far beyond marketing called friendship. Mm. <laughs> 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 that, I, 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 I value that. Something real. Yes. So do we, that's for sure. Of course. So what's interesting is, you know, we look upon you, Andy, as such a a fantastic digital marketing professional of of which you're so knowledgeable in the algorithms and Mm. the digital media and and, and many of the automated or AI driven um, parts of of digital and search. And what you're just telling us here is the humanization. (laughs) Yeah of influencer marketing and just what you're saying. Well, it's not, I mean, we may forget that at the end of the day, it is always about people, right? And the investment we make today in people, whether these are your consumers, Mm -hmm. whether they are people that um, you want to include in your future tribe, whether this is personal, professional career development will pay off if it's transparent, it's honest and you're committed to it, right? It's so true. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of this, the strategies you hear, it's like how to get an influencer to share something of yours or how to win links from a high domain authority website. Like, yeah, there's a million strategies for that and blog posts written about it and step-by-step. But if you have been a kind and generous human up to this point, you can make those things happen by sending a quick text message to a friend yeah. because you're friends with people that do those things for each other, right? Yeah. And, and, and other people can get, you know, can get your help in the same way. So uh, I, um, it, it wasn't something that I expected we'd chat about so much necessarily, but um, I, I think it's always worth mentioning. And uh, if you want to get specific about, you know, if there is a, a, a framework for it, it's personal branding and it's really that LinkedIn profile that's going to make everything you do in that category easier. Hmm. That's great. Well, Thank you. Let's, let's go back to that because all of us are 
interested in polishing our profiles, but, Mm -hmm. um, and you, you gave us some good ideas, how to make it sparkle, endorsements, keywords, photos. Um, are, is this something that each professional in the world should be doing for himself or herself? Are there third parties that help you with this? And how often should a professional be looking to update other than maybe job changes, which are sort mm-hmm. of obvious, but sure. how, how do you keep it fresh, would you say? Well, it's not true that everyone has to be active in social media marketing. Um, So social media is optional. Um, Social media marketing is probably not optional for certain people in certain jobs. Uh, Anyone in sales or customer service or marketing is very likely to be searched for uh, and what ranks for your name. So I'll connect it back to search. Uh, I used to tell people that if you were in a, if you send someone an email or leave someone a voicemail, they're they're likely going to look you up before contacting you back. The uh, these days, now that we're all on <laughs> video meetings all the time, it's, I think it's common as soon as you start a meeting with someone for them to look you up in LinkedIn or search for you in Google, just as soon as they see your face in that little box, because your name's right under your face. So, uh, it's, if you're a frontline person, sales, marketing, or customer service, you're very likely to get searched for those people should keep their profiles up to date. It's a set it and forget it thing. Mostly you don't have to go do it every day. <laughs> I mean, it okay. just make sure it looks current. Uh, past that, it's it's good to be active. Uh, if you're if you're using it uh, for networking, then you should be uh, engaging with people in your stream and in their and within their content. Um, you know, leaving thoughtful comments on things that you found interesting. Um, it's not mandatory, but uh, if you search for your name and LinkedIn ranks for your name, and you're doing anything that puts you in front of others, uh, then I think that it's it's worth spending. Um, a couple hours on every couple months, that's not a huge time expense. That's easy. Now, picking up on that, let me circle that back around with, that's great advice for us as professionals and for marketers. Let's circle that back around to websites. How should companies be keeping their image with their website, which is the LinkedIn version for their businesses, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. How fresh, refreshed, constantly updating and tweaking should they be doing to the website? How old does it get? How quick? Well, certain industries, uh, sites age faster than others. If you're doing yeah. uh, design or if you're a high-tech company, then your sites uh, likely needs to be redesigned at a shorter interval. Uh, some you know, some other industries, I don't know, there's lots of niches or manufacturing firms or things where the expectations aren't quite the same. It doesn't, you know, your site might last five, six, seven, eight years sometimes, and it still looks good enough. Um, I think that they, uh, so the rate of change is partly about visitors' expectations changing, about changes within your business, about technology changes. Sometimes something comes along like mobile responsive websites, and we all have to adapt right away. Uh, But if you want to make a difference on your site, similar to your LinkedIn profile, make sure that maybe not sparkle, but it needs to convey basic information very quickly. So uh, ask yourself this, if the top part of your homepage, the above the fold content on your homepage, if a visitor sees only that, will they know what you do at a glance? Is your, yeah. is your header explicit? Does it pass the so-called backyard barbecue test? If I met you Explain. at a barbecue- Yeah. If I met you at a barbecue and I said, what do you do for a living? And you read to me your homepage headline and it said, humanizing technology, I'd be confused. Or 
you know, Buzzwords. pioneering a better way. Yeah, it makes no sense. It, it, Gobbledygook. Just say what you do, make it explicit, make it specific. Same with your navigation labels. If your navigation says about services, product, blog, contact, ask yourself why you use labels the same that are common to like hundred million websites. Why not differentiate in your navigation labels? See what kinds of services, like use a little, use an extra word or two. Good for search engines, good for humans. Uh, it should be immediately obvious at a glance because not, all, not every visitor to your site uh, was a word of mouth visitor or knows what you do. So uh, definitely make sure that uh, the above the fold content on your homepage passes that backyard barbecue test. Love it. I, I can't wait for the backyard barbecue to come um, <laughs> for me too. I, you know, can't wait for it to come back. Um, and you know, when you think about these are great uh, tips for today. If, if, if we were to put you on the spot mm-hmm. and we looked at the crystal ball, as we know, things are changing so rapidly. Um, what, you know, what do you think one or two good tips would be or thoughts you have on, on where things are going that uh, we better be careful and keep an eye out for? Oh, well, big picture in business, there's a, a, just a, a crunch for talent. I'm in calls every day about recruiting. I get so many emails. Do I know anyone who does X or Y or Z? Uh, two, two ways to adapt to that. One, again, network. Don't just work on your sales pipeline, work on your recruiting pipeline, because you're going to need capacity to handle the work that's coming toward you if you're in digital. The other is for yourselves, uh, you know, to position yourself for that next great, great uh, opportunity. Uh, I would make sure that your focus is at least somewhat on strategy and measurement, because those are the things that can never be commodified. Yeah. Uh, making stuff can be commodified, uh, doing strategic work, planning, you know, uh, setting goals, things like this, that can't be commodified and also measurement. So any, anything that improves your skills in Google analytics or any type of, you know, digital marketing metrics, uh, any type of business metrics more generally, um, get good at tools that align with metrics like CRM or marketing automation. Um, those are going to position you well individually, uh, for changes in the future. Because uh, the people who will command the highest, who add the most value and command the most pay in the future will have strategic focus and, and the ability to do uh, analytical work. Um, but uh, uh, as, as a brand, uh, keep in touch, <laughs> build a list, start a spreadsheet of people that you hope to one day work with, or people who may be able to connect you with those. And, um, and as you're active online, uh, capture those names, capture links to those LinkedIn profiles, and start building that candidate pipeline because it's going to get harder and harder as time goes on. There are just not enough of us who do this kind of work. But we're so grateful that we know you. <laughs> and and we lucky, Ruth, that we have one of the best as our guest I know. today. <laughs> and, and I also loved how he gave us ideas for us personally as professionals, yeah. as well as people who are running businesses. So thank you, Andy, so much. This has really been awesome. I enjoyed this. Great to reconnect. This was so fun. Thank you, Andy. You have a great rest of your day. You too. Cindy, what an amazing session with Andy. He's so genuine and so generous and so knowledgeable. I feel like we've got so much material here. Let's try to pick up some of the themes that he shared with us. But wasn't it interesting how he he was originally 
assigned sort of to talk about websites and he broadened it into the website as just a launching pad for all kinds of other marketing strategies and activities. And it's not just the content on your website, it's really the whole you, the whole marketing strategy audience is not just search engine optimization or search engine marketing. Wow. We got everything. He just took it to a whole different level, right? Like how he said your web presence is so much more important than perhaps we, 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 we think or we have given credence to. And when you talk web presence, you're talking your corporate, your business web presence, of course, website that is where we were starting. But then he took us into, you know, it's the social presence. It's your professional presence. It's your personal preference presence on the web. And he just like said how it's all interlaced and it's all interwoven. Right. And I, I loved how we got really practical tips here, like Google yourself, Google your brand, Google your company, and then take actions, you know, put yourself in the visitor's shoes and evaluate how they experience it and whether they're finding what they want or you're being positioned or your brand or your company or your product is being likely perceived the way you want it to be and make changes that that's so practical and actionable because you know we i mean you know i'm a measurement person i love metrics and measurement, heaven knows, I, you know, click throughs and abandon rates and bounce rates. And, you know, how important all of these metrics and measurements are in evaluated your effectiveness. But it was like, what you just said, it was like Google use. It's like, what's your perception of your brand, personal, yeah. professional and business brand. And it harkens back to one of our other guests that we were speaking with just recently about the customer experience, about the emotional connection that we have. Jay Bear. Yeah. And this is the Mm. same thing. Like what's the, what do you see? How do you feel when you Google yourself, whether that's your company, your product, your brand, right. Uh, Right. Or or yourself on LinkedIn. Um, You know, that was a great piece of advice for us we forget about. The other thing that was so interesting um, around talent, which we know will be uh, of great interest to our listeners. And, you know, WVU is working, you know, and and very hard at providing outstanding education, academic opportunities for students, professional students who are up leveling uh, their talent. Um, But how he was saying that, you know, this is going to be a really big, big initiative for all of us, not just for positioning ourselves for career developments in the future, but for recruitment. And I think so often we look at talent networking engagement as ways that we can get ourselves ahead, but we may not be looking at it as ways that down the road, these are individuals we may want to recruit into our sphere, our community, our tribe, our companies we work with. And that with talent being at such a good talent, people we know and trust are going to become a scarce commodity. The networking we do becomes vitally important, more and more so. And that as talent deliverers, we need to focus on two areas that can't be commoditized that will 
I mean, reminds me of the robotics discussion we've had in the past, <laughs> that strategy and measurement are right. areas of expertise and also kind of strategic focus that are the places where if we focus as marketing professionals and as business people, that we're likely to get the best long-term payout. Absolutely. It can't be replaced. And this is good advice for our students too, Cindy, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. It's hard though, Ruth. It's hard. Like, I mean, strategic thinking and measurement comes naturally for some of us, but doesn't come naturally for many people. And so it is hard. I mean, people who are naturally strategic thinkers or problem solvers say, well, what's, you know, that's easy, but it isn't easy for everybody. And, and so that is a reinforcement for all of us to, you know, gain those chops, even if it's uncomfortable, push the envelope of your comfort level to maybe, become a more strategic thinker. Maybe one way in is if you're the kind of person who's particularly comfortable with, with numbers and with analytical thinking, that that can be your route to developing strategic capabilities. He said, focus on analytics, focus on metrics and the tools around metrics like CRM and marketing automation, that this, these are skills and capabilities that will continue to be in demand. Always be in demand. That's why we have these great programs with West Virginia University. (laughs) Nice plug. There you go. (laughs) Well, Ruth, we have so many takeaways. I don't know how we're going to distill this down to just our three or our three piggies, but do you want to take a stab at at, at our first one? Well, let's repeat uh, a bit that um, we, we all have to be focused on or taking action on making sure that our websites are delivering the help and the positioning that is right for our target audience. And, you know, Google yourself, Google your brand is a, an important tool in ensuring that, that your websites are, are optimized or doing, pulling as hard as they can. Yes. And in that one, he gave us, again, like some really good, like practical takeaways, get deeper. They should be deeper. They should have visuals, video. They should be engaging. They should be images, be long, have lots of calls to action Mm -hmm. and, and keep an eye because new ideas are coming around all the time to help engage visitors. And then, you know, Thinking about where you're going to focus your capabilities as a professional, I loved his can't be commoditized idea as our second piggy, would you say? Oh, absolutely. Strategy Strategy and measurement. measurement. Love Mm -hmm. it. Very tempting to go down other roads, but those are our core. And, And, you know, we say this over and over and over again. Um, regardless of where you are in marketing communications, um, those of us who can bring this skill set, fluency in measurement and strategy um, is such a skill that everybody should have and everybody needs. And so absolutely, I agree with you as the second piggy. Um, 
and, and then thirdly, I, I, I just, first of all, he's such a wonderful, you know, uh, guest. Yeah. And I thought it was so interesting that, you know, somebody who is so deeply involved in the automation, as I was saying, the AI part of it came back to the humanizing factor of how important this is for networking, engagement, um, and relationships. collaboration, relationships. And it reminded me of like everything we're doing, Ruth, like our podcast is marketing horizons and, and, and this incredibly impactful statement he made, which was invest today for the impact of tomorrow, lift our heads up out of the, you know, uh, the trees and say, what are we doing to have an impact longer term? What's coming and not get so mired in the day to day that we aren't investing in what is going to be meaningful for us for tomorrow. That's a wake up call for us. And a, a perfect third piggy kind of embodies the spirit of the marketing horizons concept that what we do today is going to pay off or have its impact tomorrow. And uh, if, if we're, you know, doing things that help build relationships, expand our network. And he gave lots of lovely specifics like show gratitude and be helpful. These are sort of what our moms and dads taught us to do as human right. beings. And here we are as adults being, being reminded it's a great lesson. And I, you know what I'm going to do as soon as we finish chatting today? Send him I'm a thank you note. <laughs> I'm going to send him a thank you note. And then I'm going to jump on my LinkedIn profile with all of these great ideas he shared and say, hmm, how could I make and improve this for tomorrow? Indeed. So we all have our to-do list now. Thank you <laughs> to Andy with these absolutely terrific, actionable ideas. Cindy, thanks for recruiting him. You bet. Have a good day. Bye. You've been listening to WVU Marketing Horizons, hosted by Ruth Stevens and Cindy Greenglass. Please be sure to visit go.wvu.edu slash mctoday to view our upcoming conversations, listen to previous discussions, and subscribe to receive updates.